and welcome to another episode of Bitcoin in Asia from Bitcoin Magazine. I'm John Riggins, and our guest this week is Raymond Wallenkutan, Director of Mining Operations in North America for Bitmain. I thought it'd be interesting to get his perspective as someone in charge of running and growing a separate geography for a Chinese company, and Bitmain in particular, and he delivers. Uh, we talk about that situation, the workflow, the growth strategy, operationally, how it works, and how it fits into the broader Bitmain effort. Uh, Remen also details Bitmain's North America footprint, nuances of working with public and private utilities in the U.S., and mining trends that he sees heading into the next Bitcoin cycle. It's a good conversation, and I hope you enjoy it. Raymond, welcome to the show. It's good to be talking. Hey, John. Thanks for inviting me. For sure. Uh, for those who aren't quite familiar with you yet, can you start with kind of a brief brief intro of yourself, how you got to where you are now? Sure, yeah. Um, so I'm the uh, Director of Mining Operations for North America for Bitmain. Um, and uh, I originally started out actually as a miner myself. Uh, mm -hmm. So uh, I came, <laughs> came out here to Pacific Northwest uh, out in Washington State. Uh, where electricity is cheap and the weather's cold uh, and people are friendly. Uh, so I uh, started out here, did my own mining. Um, a friend of mine got acquired by Bitmain uh, and then he introduced me to the company. And so I actually haven't worked for a company for, you know, the last 18 years. Um, Interesting. But Bitmain has been a phenomenal place uh, to, to, to live and work. Um, I mean, they've been very supportive of uh, my projects. Uh, you know, I get to run this like a startup uh, mm -hmm. and, and yet it still has all the backings of, you know, a billion dollar company. Uh, so it's been, a, it's been a great ride. Yeah, I really, yeah. I really like it here. Yeah, that's interesting. And then uh, I guess, can you give a little more context for uh, kind of Bitmain's business overall and where the North America operation sits in, in terms of structure and oversight and uh, yeah, you mentioned that it's kind of run like a startup. Can you give us a little bit more context for how it works operationally? Right. Yeah. I mean, I believe the company came out in 2013, 2014 with the original founder, Jihan Wu, um, and, uh, and his friends. And basically, I mean, they originally started in, in China. Uh, but in the, since basically starting end of 2017, uh, they wanted to do a global um, uh, expansion. And so coming to the United States was one of their first major investments uh, outside of uh, China. And, you know, they're, they're, they've been, uh, we've been investing quite a bit all over the place. Uh, but, um, you know, it started here uh, with a small 12 megawatt facility. And, you know, for the last two years, we've been growing very rapidly, uh, you know, to upwards of potentials of 360 megawatts. And we're looking to grow between five and 10 times more than that. Um, so okay. it's been a very exciting time. Uh, growth is very rapid. Uh, we can barely keep up with demand <laughs> and how those things are. Uh, but oh, it's uh, it's a, it's an amazing ride for sure. Yeah, yeah. And then, so you, when how, when exactly did you join? You mentioned the, the two years ago, getting started with that number. Yeah, uh, I started in September of 2018. Um, okay, cool. And now and you're overseeing I North America. Yeah. So, I mean, just to show how fast uh, and how, um, you know, they really believe in a meritocracy. You know, I started out as uh, uh, just a, a team manager of like five people. Uh, mm -hmm. And then they gave me the entire, um, you know, uh, basic control of the site. And then now they want me to oversee all of North American operations, which is not something I imagined to do. But, 
Yeah, now, now we're looking over at least three sites right now uh, and expanding a couple more in the next uh, year or two. Um, and then uh, also overseas in Europe. And I'll hopefully I get to see those ones soon too. Heck yeah, definitely yeah. a cool thing to, uh, not that you stumbled into it, but you put yourself in a position <laughs> to uh, be where you are. It's pretty cool. Sure, yeah. So the, those, uh, I mean, you're already over 300 megawatts you mentioned. Can you, uh, I guess, kind of detail some of the, the purpose of the facilities you oversee? Is it, uh, you know, all proprietary? Is it some hosting? Like, and then can you be specific at all in terms of location? I know some of that's kind of kept under wraps. Yeah, well, I mean, I find that the company is a very open company. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we're very transparent on how things are run. Uh, if you've looked at it like an old 2017 when they were trying to IPO, I think a majority of our revenue, 94% of it was coming actually from minor sales. And about 6% was coming from other, res other sources. And some of that is mining. Um, but I mean, because we are a technology company uh, with, um, you know, a focus on hardware uh, and research, um, mining facilities, it's almost as if we want these to be a good example on how to open an efficient and profitable mining farm, uh, or in, in this case, a blockchain data center, if you want to be more general. Um, so, uh, I mean, we have a location in Texas, a location in Tennessee and a location in Washington. And there's a couple more that's coming up. As soon as those come up, you know, I'm more than happy to share that. Um, but, um, you know, what's most important is, uh, you know, finding the right locations. Uh, and, you know, we give tours to a lot of investors because, uh, we want people to buy more machines. <laughs> so that's what it comes down to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So some good context there. Uh, yeah. any more color into how you mentioned the hardware being, you know, the vast majority of the business there. Uh, can you give a little bit more color and how that kind of integrates with the facilities here? Is it, uh, um, yeah, any other, I guess, detail around that? Uh, so here's a little bit of some, some, I guess, maybe I shouldn't say this over the radio, but who cares? Uh, <laughs> basically this is, this is the best, that's the best way to start a response. <laughs> um, we have trouble getting servers for our own mining farms because demand is so high. Uh, our machines primarily go to our customers first, and then we get, uh, you know, basically, you know, what's left over. <laughs> um, because, yeah. Uh, so part of the restriction of our expansion is also dependent upon on how many machines that are available. And right now, as you can see, the market is hot. And there, you know, we've had multiple investments from uh, different companies and, and you see the investment banks are, you know, investing into HUD-8 and, uh, you know, going into this. So, um, I mean, we can barely keep these on the shelves and I mean the warehouse shelf <laughs> before it gets shipped off. So um, it's a very exciting time right now. Um, you know, for us being a manufacturer and mining, uh, it's great because we also get to test out uh, the latest technologies. Uh, I mean, ultimately, blockchain is a new technology that will completely revolutionize the way um, diversification and distributed computing is going to happen. Um, and, you know, obviously to create the infrastructure, uh, you know, these mining machines are a very good start, uh, start for it, but uh, you know, we're doing some heavy research into AI to make the next step. And, and there's things I probably can't go over, but um you know, it's going to be exciting next couple of years. Uh, these mining machines uh, might be doing other things. So, you know, just keep an eye out for that. All right. All right. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, uh, I guess today, more kind of a granular level of 
specifically for North America and your role of not just running the stuff you have, but expanding, uh, opening new facilities. Uh, can you go through a little bit of the process of doing that, kind of the things you're thinking about, uh, location, pricing-wise, uh, these types of things? Sure, yeah. And doing um, it in North America is so, so different than doing it, uh, you know, obviously in China and other places. Right. Any nuances there that are specific to the U.S. too? Yeah. Okay. Well, um, you basically choose it similar to how you choose a data center. So there's like four pillars. One is uh, obviously price of electricity and availability of electricity. Um, the second one would be temperature and humidity. So uh, to give a little bit more color on that one, um, you know, ideally the internals of a mining facility should have an ambient between five and 25 centigrade. Um, once you go a little bit higher than that, uh, you know, it does get a little hotter. And then once you go a little below that, you know, the machines get a little cooler. Um, and compared to a traditional data center, uh, the HVAC system is not a recirculating, um, you know, air system. It's, it's, it's different. You, we air cool these things. Um, and what's important is to have a low humidity. So anything under 65% humidity is typically a decent place to, to set up because um, what, what's really cost effective at the moment is water cooling. Uh, so water cooling facilities is, uh, is quite good. Um, mm -hmm. The third thing that we look for is uh, like natural disasters. Um, you know, we have this little quadrant thing that, uh, you know, we calculate. Uh, so earthquakes, flooding, um, obviously Pacific Northwest is the best uh, for, for that <laughs> anywhere in the North typically doesn't have earthquakes. There's not too many floods. Uh, I guess there's a volcano that might erupt every once in a while, but, uh, I don't feel like <laughs> the calculations, uh, and otherwise, um, staff availability. So, I mean, the, the, the local workforce. So, I mean, we employ, you know, what's great about these things. We can go into remote areas that, uh, don't have necessarily the highest paying jobs. And then we can create jobs for the local community here and teach them skills in IT and, and, and uh, programming and software and technology that, you know, they otherwise wouldn't be able to get no exposure to. Um, so in a sense with that, I, you know, I think it's really great that uh, how we're able to find locations. And as long as you have a, a you know, a, a good workforce, uh, you know, anything's possible. So, yeah. 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 All good points. Thanks, thanks for uh going into the detail there. And then, uh, so you're running North America operations. You've worked in China in the past. Uh, you were yeah. doing some of your own mining in North America directly prior to this uh, responsibility. Any, uh, so Bitman obviously, uh, you know, started in China. Now it's a pretty mm -hmm. global company, but sure. is there anything gained outside of just the kind of that uh, uh, hardware edge or as you described it, maybe, maybe not as much of an edge on the hardware side uh, in terms of uh, just kind of knowledge strategy, that you gain from working with the team in China and the teams that are setting up facilities all around the world? Is there much integration in terms of uh, how y'all plan, strategize, uh, you know, geography, uh, locations? How, how much, I guess, back and forth is there with the global team in terms of expansion uh, for the right. North America specific strategy? <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, obviously the pioneers were in China um, and, you know, they've learned with every iteration, every evolution of a, of a farm and, um, so coming here is the natural step because, uh, one is the availability of investors. Um, you know, two, uh, you know, people find that, you know, the rule of law is, is very good in America. It's, you know, mm -hmm. very transparent to set up, um, and things are expected. So, um, yeah, I, I, uh, I think that China finds, uh, you know, us a very good place to expand, um, you know, that, and also makes us more of an international, uh, you know, invested, uh, investment, you know, so, 
we'll see what happens in the future. But uh, I see nothing but growth in the next few years for sure. It's going to be busy. Yeah, bullish. Uh, can you talk a little bit more about the electricity contracts that you're looking for? That was obviously a part of your uh, criteria for choosing where to go, pricing, sure. whatnot. So is okay. it, uh, yeah. So whenever you want to start your own mining farm, please give me a call. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you exactly what you should look for. So uh, the best case scenario is a place with stable electricity. They will, you know, charge you per kilowatt hour usage. Uh, and, you know, that, that's a done deal. Um, there are other areas where unlike a data center, we have the ability to shut the machines off. Okay. And so we've actually developed proprietary software, which we've um, already trademarked or uh, copyright or whatever um, IP for it. Um, and what's how an electricity company or let's say utility company operates is they have peak demand and obviously, you know, quite a bit of supply at times. So when supply is high, uh, one of the issue is they have to shed this electricity. Otherwise, um, they have issues with their uh, their equipment. It can't. It can overload. Um, they need something to load balance the existing electricity here, and that's where we can come in as a mining farm or a blockchain data center. Is we can turn on when there's excess power. When there's a, a demand, a huge spike in demand, three hundred dollars a megawatt, which is absurd. Um, we can shut off our machines. So. In some areas, you could go to, say, a power broker, uh, and then a power broker would then be able to uh, give you a favorable rate when there's an excess amount of power. And when power is scarce, uh, you can actually make money off of that, or you get a rebate or you turn off. Uh, but either way, it's, it's a win-win solution for all parties, because one, you get to have cheap electricity, uh, and the other part is, you know, let's say you're running a dam, you don't have to take any turbines out of the water uh, because you have excess water. You don't have to throw water down a spillway just uh, because it's too much ex excess water. So um, it, it's great to work with these public utilities. Uh, mm -hmm. One thing um, you have to look for too, though, is, uh, you know, I'd highly recommend uh, there's a, there's an interesting um, dichotomy between private and public, uh, public utilities. So yeah. In a public utility, typically there are commissioners and they are elected officials. Um, with that, the elected officials are the ones who are responsible for how energy is allocated and what they consider fair. Uh, in a private company, uh, private electrical company, you'll actually, the restrictions are way higher. So uh, one of the examples I can give you is discriminatory rate increases. So we've had, um, you know, we've seen this uh, in some areas where they will increase the rate on cryptocurrency uh, data centers, but not increase the rate for uh, refrigeration of apples, for example. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of discriminatory because how can you discriminate between businesses or aren't all businesses equal? And, you know, we're just trying to make money and, uh, and we've already been given the rights for this. So in a private company, they're less likely to, uh, increase the rate based on your business practice or what type of uh, business category you are in a private in a public company. Um, actually, they can do whatever they want. So they could say, uh, you know, cannabis companies, guess what? Now you're paying 10 cents a kilowatt hour. You know, uh, if you're a, a data yeah. center, Hey, you guys are going to pay 
10 cents a kilowatt hour now, you know, instead of your original really low rate. So um, that's what thing to look out for. Uh, if you can work with a private electrical company, it, it tends to be a little bit uh, more regulated and they're afraid to <laughs> make any uh, mistakes. So, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, I feel like there are some stories from New York specifically uh, of, of that scenario. Uh, no, how's the TVA to work with? You're out here in Tennessee a little bit. How's, how's, uh, who are you working with in Tennessee? Uh, not TVA. Okay. <laughs> it's with a, another company, uh, but they've been great. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, they're very supportive. Actually, I find a lot of these states are very supportive uh, of jobs coming in. And so mm-hmm. they will be, uh, they'll provide a lot of incentives for companies to, to go there, which is, you know, probably part of the reason why we're in some, some of these states. And uh, it's great because I get to meet some of these people on the ground who, you know, would be working a fast food job. And then now we're teaching them some technical skills that will allow them to go anywhere. So, um, you know, it's, a uh, it's, it's good to work in these uh, smaller, uh, some of these smaller, uh, areas cause they will, uh, they'll be very favorable to us. <laughs> rather than yeah. 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 I mean, the, you know, jobs come in and make a difference and, uh, you know, the yeah. smaller bigger percentage of the uh, workforce is for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, back to, back a little bit to kind of operating, uh, as a part of a larger Chinese company here, mm-hmm. uh, any additional kind of nuances of, of doing that, I guess the company set up maybe in a, in a way that um, you're kind of shielded from that visibility of, of uh, operating under a Chinese company. Maybe can you sh- share any more detail, I guess, on, on uh, I guess how that setup is uh, maybe specifically on um, kind of macro uh, trade environment, if there's been any, any effects on Bitmain's kind of North America entity, um, what that looks like. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a very good point. Uh, you know, there it's it's almost unpredictable. Uh, you know what the global economy will look like in terms of uh, where free trade is or not. And so, um, as a natural uh, response to uh, a greater demand, so I mean, Bitmain, our demand has we're still the leader in in mining technology and and ASIC chips. Um, we needed to. Uh, contract or, or engage uh, more facilities for manufacturing. And with the natural progression to uh, grow, uh, we ended up, uh, I mean, it's essentially diversifying. So uh, we didn't really have to scale back, but as more we grew into it, uh, housing uh, other manufacturing companies, such as in Southeast Asia, which do not have the same trade restrictions. Um mm-hmm. So, I mean, there are original manufacture, uh, original factors, which are still producing. Uh, and then uh, to reach other, to meet U.S. demand, I mean, we've been uh, growing in other countries, uh, which is great, um, you know, to, to, to continue manufacturing. So, uh, and yeah, so we're truly a global company at this point, definitely. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, have you been back and forth much and seen those uh, kind of production storage facilities? I guess Malaysia maybe is where most of the uh, U.S. shipments are coming from. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> I think yeah. you know more than I do, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, certainly, um, I mean, it, it's, uh, it's, it's great to work with, uh, you know, other, other, other companies and, uh, and, and grow with them. And, and then it's definitely, um, an evolving process. So, I mean, our manufacturing process is getting, uh, uh, um, leaner and leaner at every time. So, um, yeah, it, it's a pleasure to work with someone from, um, you know, my Chinese is not that good. <laughs> I've okay. lived in China for a little bit, uh, learned a little bit here and there. Uh, but I mean, Southeast Asia is uh, 
predominantly, you know, they have English speaking capabilities, so it's very easy as well. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. You were doing import ex export stuff uh, in China and Beijing before Bitcoin was yeah. even, uh, you know, a, a thought in Satoshi's mind, maybe. But uh, what maybe going back, going back to kind of that time then, can any, uh, I guess, kind of insight into how much import export, just kind of the regulation around trade has changed since, you know, the, those aughts days? Is it uh, kind of a different game? Do you, yeah, I haven't, if you don't uh, play in that world as much anymore. I haven't touched the uh, exporting since 2009. So yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like a little bit of a dinosaur in it. Um, so you, so you, you say, Hey, uh, give us what you can. And then Bitman gets it to you. <laughs> Essentially, you're not worried <laughs> about the exporting. <laughs> oh, right. Right. So, I mean, like it's quite simple. Uh, you know, if we do have, a, and you know, if, if customers um, have not ordered any of these machines, then, you know, we, we can get a couple of these uh, shipped over by air, um, mm -hmm. which is not cheap, but, the time that they are sitting on the shelf is worth the expedited uh, shipping costs. Um, yeah. So I, I see what you're trying to ask. So is it, you know, easy, easy to import? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the U S is transparent. A lot of these Southeast Asian uh, countries are very uh, easy to work with, uh, you know, and, and so um, yeah, it's not too hard. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then you, uh, even though it's a good bit of, uh, uh, you know, capacity uh, you mentioned that, kind of one of the main purposes of the business here is to uh, show potential, uh, you know, investors and, and uh, uh, future uh, miners, what, you know, a well-functioning uh, mining operation looks like, you know, give people a look into that uh, and to be kind of a, I guess, a sales unit on the ground here in North America too. Can you detail a little bit more about uh, where you see that trending? I guess so you've, you've been in your current kind of management role since 2018. Uh, what have you seen, I guess, going from kind of pre-having sort of end of a bear market to now in terms of new interest, uh, size of the entities or investment groups that are interested. Uh, can you share any, I guess, additional detail on that, what you've seen? Yeah. So, I mean, um, I mean, you probably heard this already. Uh, it, there's a huge wave of investors from the institutions uh, and, and, you know, due to AML laws or, or any other laws, they have to produce, they have to give their clients a coin that has no questionable history. And the only way to do that is to have newly minted Bitcoins for in this instance. Okay. So, um, I mean, the Bitcoin has to be what's called a virgin coin, uh, you know, basically created, there's no history to it. And then it can be given to their, their customers, you know, basically freely without any, any worry of any investigations or anything like that. So, um, given that, uh, you know, I come from a software background, so I, I'm mm -hmm. more of a software engineer. I've done startups before and, 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 uh, and the so forth. And, um, you know, it, it's uh, really important to manage these facilities with, uh, you know, state-of-the-art uh, um, monitoring uh, software, as well mm -hmm. as the ability to, if we need to curtail and shut down the entire farm, I mean, it, you might have to go from, you know, 75, 80 megawatts to zero within five mm -hmm. minutes, uh, which is, you know, not an easy task. So, um, that's what, you know, we, the solutions we can provide, uh, you know, for our customers. And we are working with people who want these solutions and, um, you know, obviously we can provide that as well as provide uh, the machine. So it's almost an A to Z vertical integration, uh, turnkey yeah. key solutions can be, uh, you know, set up literally overnight and we embrace it. You know, I think that's great, uh, for more people to get into it when it stabilizes the market, 
you know, and, uh, you know, the more people that get into it, um, I think it's better because in the future, I think, you know, it surpasses all boundaries, uh, you know, which no state can interfere with. So I think it's, yeah, I think it's absolutely. Great. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, second, that talking point for sure is, uh, <laughs> and your, uh, your team here, I don't know how much you can share about this, but kind of size of the team here. Um, and in relation to kind of other geographies for Bitmain or, or maybe growth rate here. Uh, can you share anything, I guess, about, uh, about that? Yeah, I think um, oh, I have to check the HR manager. There's so many, uh, and so many people keep coming on. I think we just hired a few last week. Okay. Uh, I think we're at the size of, you know, probably under 200 in North America mm-hmm. uh, and then growing very rapidly. We could reach, you know, five X that maybe more. Um, and that includes, uh, both operators on the ground, uh, but also important is our design team. We have a very great engineering team uh, who's, you know, built these beautiful facilities um, uh, that are very efficient, cost effective. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, I mean, we employ some of the, you know, the, the, you know, the best mechanical engineers, uh, electrical engineers, um, you know, and the construction. Uh, and also we, I believe we have a research team here, um, that also does like chip design and manufacturing, uh, not manufacturing, but the design of it. Um, you know, that's kind of more of our San Jose office. So, I mean, we have offices, mm-hmm. uh, pretty much all over the West coast. I think there's at least four of us on the West coast and then, uh, the rest of uh, the U S you know, we have that as well. So, yeah. uh, for the U S alone. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. And then for those more, uh, kind of, I guess, like, you know, expert set up and engineering roles. Is that, uh, is that something that, uh, you know, the setup started over here and Bitmain was bringing over uh, folks from China to uh, kind of share that expertise and knowledge. And it's now it's kind of run by, I guess, U.S. folks, or is it still, or is it a lot of, is there much back and forth still between the China team and U.S. in terms of kind of those expert skills and jobs? Uh, exactly that. I mean, the regulations and requirements are completely different for both countries, obviously, right? So, mm-hmm. and one great thing about Bitmain is, we, you know, we trust the local teams to do their job. There's quite a bit of ownership of work, uh, which I'm very proud of at this company. Um, and so, uh, you know, the China team definitely oversaw uh, some of the projects, but I mean, the, the U.S. team is pretty much independent in terms of how they want to design things. Uh, and they've designed it right. I mean, we've had zero... Um, uh, safety issues, you know, there, you know, if you, you can hear, uh, you know, neighbors down the street here, you know, they've had safety issues, maybe a transformer blowing or, you know, something catching on fire, you know, some guys, you know, mining in their garage, so something like that. But, um, you know, we've been, we've been very fortunate to have a great team. Yeah. Yeah. You're up in Washington where I guess there are some other facilities uh, that you're kind of uh, alluding to, what is it kind of a mining community there? How, how big is the town that you're in? Uh, so yeah, it's about, uh, 70,000 people. We're two and a half hours east of, uh, uh, Seattle, uh, Pacific Northwest. And I mean, it, this is like three counties. So, uh, they, you know, they, they span, um, you know, quite a, quite a bit of areas. Uh, but I mean, uh, one good point is that, you know, I like how we choose locations that, uh, also rely on green energy. So we're completely hydro here, 100% hydro. And we actually help the local community here by balancing the load. So, you know, when the, when electricity is high, uh, you know, uh, the supply is high, you know, that needs to go somewhere. They could try selling it off in the market at a spot rate that might be even negative one penny. Um, or, you know, they could give it to us and, and, you know, we can employ people here and, and, uh, you know, also stabilize the financial Bitcoin market. I mean, that's, yeah. that's the whole point about it. So, yeah, for sure. 
yeah, yeah, I guess on that on that point, uh, any other kind of broader thoughts on, uh, you know, where geographically mining is is growing and how it's decentralizing? Uh, what are you seeing, I guess, internally at Bitmain, and then uh, just any thoughts overall? So I do have a couple more facilities in Europe and stuff too. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, I do have a couple of friends who are into the natural gas, um, mm -hmm. and and I know that uh, that was something uh, we wanted to discuss. And uh, I mean, you could get a I think top of my head, uh, a one megawatt generator for $250,000. Uh, and then you would basically be generating one megawatt at practically no cost. Um, mm -hmm. a lot of this natural gas is wasted. Um, and so by, you know, applying to flaring is, is something that's kind of become a more popular, I guess, seen as an opportunity in, in the U S especially. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you were looking at central America, uh, central, uh, us, um, you know, Texas, Oklahoma region, uh, yeah. you know, they have, quite something that y'all are actively, actively, uh, developing, implementing, deploying. Um, we are working on other, um, we're working on, on, on potentially working with, uh, some partners maybe in that, in that field. Okay. Uh, but, uh, I mean, it's still a new, thing and with this whole covid um from what i remember the last report i read i mean a lot of uh oil uh fracking or or oil um refineries oh, have getting shut off anyway down. right yeah and and so with that you know the availability of the natural gas may be limited in some aspects so um you know it, we're open to the idea and and we're working with a couple people right now uh nothing mm -hmm. said so but as soon as you know we do have a press release we'll definitely release uh what's going but you know i encourage everyone to look into it i mean anywhere we can um efficiently use uh resources that are already being wasted why not i mean that's the only green thing to do so <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> uh yeah. you uh mining pools so y'all you'll have you know you're running running this uh Get a good amount of uh, power in the U.S. How does it, uh, you know, Bitmain has a couple of sort of kind of competing mining pools internally, uh, you know, that were developed internally or acquired and are now both under the Bitmain kind of entity. How do you all uh, manage the process of what mining pools to use? Um, is it pretty independent or are you required to use Bitmain uh, kind of owned things? What's, what's that process like? I guess um, we talked about yeah. integration of hardware earlier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I can't, uh, I can't put my wallet on, for example. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, the, the company has very strict requirements. I mean, it, essentially we're, it's like a, a gold mine, right? Uh, you have to check uh, where the gold's going. Uh, so in a sense, um, you know, it, it's strictly controlled. Uh, we have, um, uh, I want to call it guardian systems that make sure that every machine is going to the correct pool. And that's preset by the, by the company. Uh, I do you, know do you have people from, from uh, uh, ant pool and btc.com kind of coming to you and, uh, and, and uh, selling you on their services or is it, is it, uh, well, it's, it's all internal. Uh, I mean, yeah. ultimately it doesn't really matter where we mine because we, we sure. command such a high, uh, I guess, you know, hash rate. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Um, uh -huh. one plug uh, that we really like using is BitDeer. Uh, so BitDeer is a cloud mining uh, uh, company. So you they've created the technology where you can divide um, by hash rate. So you can sell off per hash rate uh, per machine. So it's, it's not required that you rent the whole machine like in traditional cloud mining. So, um, you know, that's just something out there. I'm not exactly sure how many uh, users they have, but it, it is quite, uh, quite easy to use. So, oh. 
like the like the bit deer team they uh came to bitcoin 2019 nsf uh last year with us and have been to their oh, celine their offices over <laughs> in uh yeah yeah celine oh yeah uh, she's few, great few folks yeah yeah mm. um so bit deer, the cloud mining stuff any any other comments on the uh kind of that stack of you know you mentioned bitmain's operations here being a pretty much a full stack uh uh, any, any other kind of thoughts on how that develops over the next bull cycle, the next, uh, you know, couple of years in terms of, uh, you know, cloud mining, uh, we have, uh, these kind of one-offs where you mentioned you can buy, uh, uh, you know, like a one megawatt, uh, generator and, and do something just kind of as a one-off thoughts on how it distributes and looks over the next two years. Um, massive facilities like y'all have. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and whatnot. Well, yeah, Bitcoin mining won't go away. That's for sure. Uh, yeah. and, and it only stabilizes it some more and, 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 you know, as more people grow in the market, I mean, I think we have a, a 10x run up at least for the price of Bitcoin for the next, I don't know, within the next decade easily. Um, so it justifies the cost for operating these facilities. Uh, but also, I mean, once you have the infrastructure set up for, you know, electricity and I don't want to let any cats out the back, but you know, as AI, uh, and blockchain tech becomes uh, more usable for other factors. Um, you know, you could be using uh, it as a data storage. Um, you know, you could run maybe Uber on a blockchain, for example. Uh, you know, these are all technologies that are being developed right now and that we're looking at, um, you know, ways to use it. And by having the availability of electricity and these infrastructures, that's really irreplaceable. Um, so in the next mm -hmm. few years, we're going to see a lot of change in how it's used. Um, and you know, it surpasses all boundaries and it, it makes it fair. It's an evil playing field for everybody. Um, so which is why I think it's going to be great. Yeah. There you go. Uh, you, you touched on kind of picking places in the U S and, and weather and kind of, uh, severe weather, uh, likelihood being factors in those decisions. Have, have you had much um, interaction with, you know, there, we've heard a lot about the flooding in, in Sichuan uh, this year, and uh, there's obviously um, just a heavy rainy season, which is good for the price of uh, electricity around these hydropower dams, but can lead to some flooding. Uh, any, any back and forth in terms of like crisis management or, or crisis planning uh, for physical locations with, the, you know, your counterparts in China? And what y'all do in the U.S.? Is there much dialogue there? Uh, well, I mean, each site kind of manages their own. Uh, there's only so much that someone remote can do uh, with a yeah. Zoom call. Uh, <laughs> but, um, sure. I mean, we learn from all these things, right? So yeah. each new mining site goes up, comes up with a better iteration and a better plan. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so, uh, yes, there is some flooding and, and you, you see the worst of the worst, but, you know, out of maybe 20 mining farms, maybe one has that problem and 19 are doing great. Mm -hmm. So uh, of course, I mean, we all like to see the headlines where it's, Oh yeah, it's uh, terrible. Yeah. There, but media is uh, great at that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Hey, you know, uh, it's good to highlight the problems so that we can avoid these things in the future. And I think that's, that's great. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Stuff. And uh, final, final thing, a recommendation. So you spent some time in Beijing. It can be a recommendation from Beijing or something in, in Washington. Uh, anything cultural, uh, business, book, uh, you know, movie, any, anything, uh, recommendation for the listeners oh, here. Yeah. I was, uh, so I started a book recently and it's called, uh, Oh yeah. How innovation works, uh, okay. from Matt Ridley. And it's a phenomenal book. Uh, basically a real good startup. Um, it, uh, if you had to read a crash course book on, on how to do, you know, a business or how to run a company like a business, I, I'd recommend that. Uh, that's a, that's a great book. 
So there you go. <laughs> business, uh, business focus. Yeah. 24 <laughs> seven over there. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks for your time here. Nice, uh, nice insight into, into how y'all are uh, operating and thinking, thinking about uh, running the North America and expanding. So appreciate your time. Thank you, John. You have a good one. reminder, all of the content in this episode is for informational purposes only. You should not construe any such information or other material as legal tax, investment, financial, or other advice. Nothing contained in this presentation constitutes solicitation, recommendation, endorsement, or offer by BTC Media, the Let's Talk Bitcoin Podcast Network, or any third-party service provider to buy or sell any securities or other financial instruments.